This is One in 36, a presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. One in 36 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And with me today is Tim Gifford, who is the president of a company called Movia. And uh, Tim, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you on. Hi, glad to be here. So as I usually do, I'd love to start with just uh, asking you to give us and our listeners some background on yourself, um, who you are, and um, and then we can get into Movia and your team and your work in that domain. Sure. So uh, I've been working in uh, different areas of uh uh, technology and psychology for many years uh, and uh, using different techniques to try to make uh, a technology more accessible or to be able to use new tech in a way that can uh, help us to do new things. And while doing this work, uh, I did a lot of uh, research into uh, how uh, humans interact with the world, and then started applying that to robots to help them interact. And then also, I looked at how we interact with each other and to try to help the robots to uh, interact with us in a way that's more comfortable for us and more successful. But while doing this, I discovered that there's been uh, a lot of uh, successful research around working with kids with autism with robots. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a unique opportunity there because the um, the robots are uh, 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 seen as social entities uh, for these kiddos, uh, but they're simpler than people. So as um, you may know, uh, uh, folks with autism often have trouble with being oversensitive to certain uh, uh, emotional cues and, and, and other types of nonverbal, uh, cues, and then not be aware of other, uh, uh social cues. Mm-hmm. So this can cause a lot of, uh, uneasiness and, uh, uh, discomfort. And that could be a barrier for them to get access to certain, uh, programs, uh, educational programs and so forth. And so what we found is that we can have the robots lead the kiddos through different activities, do it in a social way with uh, speech and gestures and uh, uh, emotional expressions and so forth. And then the uh, students can learn new skills, have an opportunity to practice those skills in a very uh, controlled environment. Um, and then they uh, they get some confidence. And what we've seen is that they then use these skills when they're back with their uh, friends and family and, and in the classes. And it's working pretty well. Thank you for the overview. Um, absolutely. I, I've... Uh... At Anderson, you know, we get a lot of information specific to the autistic population and, and robotics has been something that's been growing in, um, in the field, like you said. And, and you mentioned a couple of sort of key words in my brain, um, accessibility being one. Um, also, I love how you said social, the, the robots are seen as social entities, but they're simpler than people. And, um, and I think that that's just resonated with me because, um, 
I guess the thought that came through my head is that we as as humans often um, I, I don't I think that's a unique way to look at at human behavior. And I'm a, I was a psych major way back when in, in college. And I, I have always loved looking at the way people interact with other people. But to consider the difference between a social entity, but and that's that's simpler than a person Um I've also, you have the tech background. I really don't. So I've always looked at tech as tech is way harder, more complicated, more challenging for me to understand. But in this scenario, I guess what I'm getting at is, is it really makes sense to me? Um, the idea that the best of the best of the best human instructors in a classroom, um, educators, board certified behavior analysts, whatever type of instructor you have, are still at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, a person who's susceptible to being tired or being uh, maybe, you know, distracted or um, not always having the exact same tone of voice or the same emphasis, emphasis in the sentence that you're trying to explain. And yet that's what people who are in entering that field are sort of trained to do to be as effective as possible. So here's great solution. Um, a robot that's friendly and has a face and has features and, and, um, and tone but also can program to have an incredible consistency. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. So I, I think the idea of, of bringing robotics into this field is really tremendous. Um, so I'll just, uh, uh, if, if I may, just one quick interjection there. Yep. It, and it's really a tool to be used uh, with the specialist. So it's not like we're saying, you know, you can have uh, a robot in, instead of a specialist, uh, but rather, this is really a tool for the specialist to be able to use to help engage the the child and then also to provide that uh, a consistent objective yeah. response and still have it be dynamic and, and, and so forth. So thank you for clarifying that. I think that that helps dispel a, um, a misnomer or a myth that, you know, people working in in the tech accessibility and tech uh, instructional world are trying to have people just interact with robots or with games on a screen and are saying, you know, this is instead of that personal interaction. But if you go to your website um, and it's Movia, M-O-V-I-A, um, the you can see videos, testimonials where clearly there's either a teacher or a therapist or a parent or a caregiver working with the child. Um, and it's a nice range of, of ages that I saw in those testimonials as well. Really young kids um, look to me maybe preschool or even younger. Um, siblings working together and then all the way up. I think the, the oldest person I saw was a 15 year old high school student. Um, so um, so. Thank you for, for clarifying that. I think that's important for families to hear. Um, can you, since I just touched on it, can you give an, a, a quick overview of, I think it's three types, but maybe there's more overall of the, of the types of robots you're creating that go along with different scenarios, whether home, school, or in a therapy situation, therapeutic situation? Sure. So, yes, we have three different products that we've targeted uh, to different situations. And then we have multiple robots that can be used. So you can mix and match. And uh, we don't actually make the robots. We uh, sort of find the best in class uh, that are available. You know, we buy commercial off-the-shelf robots, which is mm -hmm. fun to Hey, every time I say it, I, <laughs> that was not terrible. a thing all that long ago. <laughs> and then what we do is um, 
we then uh, uh, put our software on it and, and integrate it into our system, and then it becomes uh, you know a viable uh, tool to interact with the uh, the kiddos. So we have the Home Pal, which is designed for families, and it's very simple to use, and it's uh, very nice. It it provides many different kinds of interactions in a very principled way. So all of our techniques are evidence-based and, uh, and it, it's very nice. The other nice thing about it is that as it's going through the different types of interactions, many of them are based off of uh, you know, standard ABA types of uh, interactions. It's really helpful for the parents who are, you know, of course, very committed and their hearts are in the right place, but they may or may not have uh, training uh, in working with uh, children with intellectual and developmental delays. And sometimes the correct response can be uh, a counterintuitive, like yeah. waiting to help or waiting to prompt or uh, when to you know add more and so forth. And so it's really helpful to watch how the robot is going through it. And that's actually uh, we found to be a benefit as well, so that the, it becomes a sort of a family, a family training tool as well as a tool for the child to be getting uh, access to the different types of lessons and activities. Mm -hmm. Then we have the teacher's aid, which is for the school, and it's a similar product, but it has a lot of tools for working with uh, a large number of kids. You can put in. Uh, data about each child and and uh, and track them nicely. And then we have the Therapal, which is uh, based off of the same uh, core engine, uh, but it's designed more for uh, clinical applications, therapeutic type of interventions. So I like that you covered those three main areas, and I and I really appreciate what you're saying about the the tool for the whole family. Um, I hear frequently because I interact with a lot of families from Anderson and families um, raising children with autism all over um, through this podcast and other interactions that I have. And one of the things that is very consistently said to me is, you know, more tools, more resources, um, just sort of more help. I want to be. Uh, as effective a parent as I can be. And like you said, some of the times, especially with, um, uh, with an ABA based program, um, the, the, the right next step can feel counterintuitive really from a, a, a parental standpoint, especially a parent who's been raising that child since birth, who is sort of one of the things that they, that they also often say to me is that, you know, I've been helping my child and doing things for them to make their life easier since they were you know, tiny babies. And now all of a sudden I'm supposed to sort of hold off and wait for them to get there. And it's, it's unusual in, unless you're a homeschool parent, I guess, or um, something similar to be in a position where you're, you're, parent slash instructor sort of all the time. And again, there was a, there's a video, which I won't get into the details on, but there was one on your website that really kind of demonstrated that I think from a parent's point of view with the, her 15 year old son who was working with him and watching him work with the robot around um, uh, communication, but also at the same time, I think was realizing things about her son that she had never known before, which, um, which had to have been a, uh, an incredible series of moments for her. Um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, though, Tim, we're, I'm hoping to talk about um, some of your success stories and some of the future of where this technology might go, uh, what people can look forward to, and how they can um, get their hands on your software and these robots. 
So this is One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. There are a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's MatchingDonors.com. MatchingDonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 22 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor, or if you're someone in need of an organ transplant, visit MatchingDonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life. MatchingDonors.com. Somewhere, there's a river rushing through the woods while someone rushes through their day. There's a mountain looking up at the sky while someone looks down at their phone. A trail waiting to be walked while someone waits for a latte. This world is full of somewheres waiting for someone just like you. So go see yours at 154 National Forests and 20 Grasslands. And to learn more, visit nationalforest.org. The National Forest Foundation. See your somewhere. You saved my life. You held my hand when I was scared. You helped me say goodbye to my dad. You were an example for me. You gave me strength when I thought I had none left. I couldn't tell you then, but I want to say thank you, all of you, for everything. Thank you to the physicians, nurses, and others working in America's hospitals and health systems. A message from the American Hospital Association, American Medical Association, and American Nurses Association. And now, 1 in 36 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and today I'm talking with Tim Gifford, who's the president of a company called Movia, M-O-V-I-A. Tim, before we jump back into our interview, do you want to share the website and any other information about where people can go to get more more uh, insight into what you're doing sure absolutely uh yeah it's uh so it's m-o-v-i-a movia as you say and then robotics so just go to moviarobotics.com and uh there's uh, lots of info and video and so forth at that website you can also go on our facebook or instagram or linkedin uh you're on all the social media platforms i i i I don't know that we're on all of them but we're on a bunch of them so I wanted to start, I want to thank you for that. And I, and I do encourage people to go. It's a great website. I found it really easy to navigate and um, had a lot of information, including those videos that I keep referencing. Um, before we get into more of the sort of details of the robots themselves, and I'd love to hear about some success stories, I was also struck by your core team. And I assume you have more employees than, than the three that I saw yourself included, but you have... Um, uh, a, I think she's a, a family, marriage and family psychotherapist who's very involved. Um, and then you also have a special education, former special education teacher, administrator, um, somebody who's been in the classroom, runs a school. And then there's you with, you know, a lot of the tech and, um, and psychology background yourself, as you said before. So I'm curious, how did you all connect and Give us a little glimpse into how you all work together to to make this happen. Well, we've actually been at this for many years. We uh, you know, started out in research and uh, and then grew it from there. Uh, so uh, several of the folks have come to the team, uh, you know, as we've done different piloting and and so forth. And then we've also uh, had 
people uh, that we brought in around specific types of uh, interventions. So like Lisa, she uh, does a lot of uh, family work and uh, outreach and supporting schools as well. And, uh, and then another of our uh, team has a lot of experience working within the system within uh, public schools. And so each of these folks brings their particular uh, insights. And one of the things that's really important for us is the the multi-aspect of our approach. And so what I mean is that the, the most important thing is, of course, the uh, uh, interaction with the children. And we even uh, reach adults uh, with autism uh, with some of our systems. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you about that. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we do a lot of work around looking at how autism therapy is done and then what are some unique opportunities uh, with an interactive assistive technology device like the robot. Uh, and then, so that's one piece of it. But then the other piece is in the uh, robustness and ease of use of the system. So this is a system that's designed to survive in the classroom, in the home, and these are not easy environments. These right. Are, uh, so we uh, we work very hard to make sure that the system is really easy to use because we we don't want to ask a teacher to manage another thing, but rather here's a tool to make it easier for you. And right. The same thing. Uh, same thing in the home, and so that's really important. But we also don't want to. Uh, lose any of uh, the sophistication of the system. And so we have a very carefully designed uh, interface. Our system is semi-autonomous, meaning it does a lot of the work on its own, but uh, the therapist or the facilitator, as we say, is uh, also uh, controlling. So it's a shared, it's a team approach, really, between the robot and the, and the caregiver. And that's really uh, made it very powerful. There are some completely automatic systems or autonomous using AI and other things that are out there. And uh, they can be pretty good within uh, a specific uh, uh, situation. Uh, but it, particularly with the uh, children with different sorts of speech deficits or, or things like that, it becomes very difficult for the system to really tell what's going on or what, where that child is, Ooh. the parent or the teacher in the loop, where you can get very good results because it's always uh, has that level of interpretation as well. Um, and then, as we were saying before, it also is an opportunity because you can actually speak through the robot. So you can have a conversation with the child uh, where you're typing in different things and the robot says uh, what you're typing in. <laughs> And so we found situations where a child may come in from recess and clearly is, uh, you know, upset about something. And we just have the, the, the robot says, oh, you know, what's wrong? What's going on? And the child who is already used to talking with the, the robot uh, will sometimes open up to the robot in a way that they won't to an adult. And, and so this is an opportunity. Even if the adult is in the room, still the child is having the interaction with the I love that. I think that that's a that's a brilliant thing to to add um, because again, I, it's really helpful to have you sort of talk through all the different ways that you look at this and and the different things that you've added to the to the software and the programming that make it so it's it can be used in a multitude of ways. I really like that. Um, I think that there is certainly a time 
and and to me, I guess to backtrack, that to me is what makes it a true tool as opposed to a replacement of something else or a human interaction. Um, you know, when I was in in college, and I was studying psychology, and then I went on to study social work in in graduate school. One of the things that my professors always talked about was meeting your clients where they're at, and I think that's a phrase that most of us who've got any background in psychology or social work or anything similar have heard that before in our training. And and to me, that's exactly what you're doing. It's it's sort of taking away the stigma that, you know, if you're if you're interacting with a robot, it's because you can't interact with it with a human or you're interacting with, um, you know, you have to always be interacting with humans. And if you interact with a robot, um, it's going to somehow diminish your ability to eventually gain skill in interacting with your peers or with your family members or with your your teachers Um, by way of finding all these different sort of interactive ways to, to connect both, um, you're building steps towards something. So um, I also have a background. I was a teacher for a few years uh, way back when, and the idea of being able to um, just experiment with, hey, I'm not connecting, like something's missing here in terms of what I'm trying to say or ask a question, but just to even see and have the opportunity to see if that child will respond to a different person or a different or a robot in this case the same question to me that's just knowledge that's just understanding and that's that's a place to then start from so i'm going off on a little tangent but that really spoke to me that aspect of it that's that's really great um we only have a couple minutes can, can you talk real quick about um either something that that you really feel an example that, that fulfills your mission for you. you your mission i think is to is to educate people um, and, and it's longer than that, but I know it's a big part of it. So something that just reinforced for you that you're on the right track and, and if there's anything new coming down the pipe for you. So, um, it's always exciting to speak with the, the families and the teachers, uh, and the clinicians who are actually using the system. You know, of course, for me, I spent a lot of time in the, in the back, uh, working on the technicalities and, and, and writing new material and so forth. So to actually be out in the field and to see the impact is really, uh, really exciting. And it's great to see the kids with the, uh, with the robot and it works very well and very consistently, uh, which is really fun. And, but when you see the reaction of the caregivers who know the kiddos and they see this new engagement and this access where uh, sometimes they, they haven't had it before, that's really exciting because then you know that, um, you know, we're making an impact and that's that's what we want to do. We want to really uh, help help these kiddos and, and help remove barriers and get them skills that can help them to be successful in these different situations and get them access to the uh, to the community and to the learning opportunities and to help them to have a larger role, have a larger uh, a larger life. Well, that's in keeping with our mission, too. And our mission at Anderson is to optimize the quality of life for people with autism. So um, since that is different for every single person um, in terms of what your dreams and passions are, I think it comes down to a lot of accessibility and a lot of resources and removing barriers, like you said. So um, so thank you, Tim. And please pass along our thanks to the entire team. It's really exciting work that you're doing. And I appreciate it that you uh, took the time out to share it with our audience and with me today on the podcast. Well, that's great. Always glad to have the chance. And uh, as well, thanks to the team. It's definitely a team, a team <laughs> effort. And we're, we're moving it forward all the time. 
Excellent. So check out uh, Movia Robotics. That's M-O-V-I-A robotics.com for more information. There's all sorts of stuff on there and really interesting to check out. And Tim Gifford, thanks again for being on the show. This is 1 in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozinski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 36, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join them for another edition of the show at this time next weekend. 